Welcome, everybody, to the Boiler Alert Podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm still Ryan Bonaparte. Ryan Bonaparte, back from Chicago, back from Press Row, sitting in in uh, row two, just behind uh, the, the big guys from CBS. How was mm-hmm. it today? Yep. Oh, it was pretty nice. Uh, we had to steal some seats again. Luckily, there were actually some um, connections that uh, one of the group had that we were able to snag some Indiana newspaper seats. So they helped us out in more more than one ways today. Yeah, there you go. So um, Ryan was in attendance at the United Center to see Purdue's victory over Ohio State, 80-66, to third victory over Ohio State this year. Um, that's a rarity in conference play uh, to beat the same team three times. You know, they always talk about how hard it is to beat a team three times in the same season, um, and it has been a rarity. So uh, Purdue finds themselves on the positive end of this one, and they are headed to the championship game. We'll talk about who they're playing uh, in the second half here, but um, Ryan, again, you were there in the, in attendance in uh, the mm-hmm. United Center. Tell me about what you saw in the first half uh, of this Purdue-Ohio State game. Yeah, so Purdue did not come out as cold as normal. So yeah. they were hitting some shots, and it felt good to see those go in. Um, Fletcher Lawyer hit his first three, um, and there was the first three of the game, and he made it. So Newman hit one, and it was just – it felt good to see that the wheels haven't completely fallen off when it comes to three-point shooting. Yeah. So – it's something that you want Purdue to continue to build on. If those shots are falling, you're fine. I mean, Purdue didn't shoot a lot of threes in the first half, but they made the ones that they did take. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Purdue started the game three for three uh, from three-point range, and that is absolutely uh, a huge, huge advantage for this Purdue team. I mm-hmm. mean, it opens things up for Zach Eady. Um, and even, you know, if Caleb First had six quick points in this one, um, and a lot of that was due to uh, not only the doubling of Edie, but the fact that they had to truly treat the three-point shot as a threat. So uh, it was huge uh, just for the offense entirely. Yeah, and there was a clear advantage for Purdue in just uh, size in this game. Yeah. I mean, there was there's really only one big for Ohio State in um, Felix Akpara, and nobody else is really a big man. So you had... Justice Suing would come in, and he would kind of try and be the five. Um, Eugene Brown the third would also do that sometimes. And it's just Purdue's bigs were at a clear advantage. Zach Eady took advantage of that in the low post. And then that also bled over into Caleb first. Mm-hmm. You know, Purdue had a couple times there where Eady would get doubled, and Eady would just dump down to first on the baseline and he'd have an easy dunk. So anytime you have that size advantage coupled with the outside shots going down, you know, it's going to be be a good day for Purdue. Yeah. And I mean, that combination is really hard to beat because it puts the defense in a bind of what do you allow? I mean, you can't stop everyone. So do you double in the post and leave the shooters open 
Do you try to go one-on-one straight up against everybody? And then you've got a guy like Zach Eady, which, as you said, Ohio State didn't really have an answer for him. So if you if you allow him to get his, you have to hope that you can make up for it on the other end uh, with some good three-point shooting, maybe some and-ones. And they were able to do that for a little while. Um, uh, as mm-hmm. good as Purdue was shooting from three, Ohio State was matching them through the vast majority of the first half. Um, at one point in the first half, Purdue was shooting 80% from three, but Ohio State was shooting 70% from three. I mean, it was it was an absolute incredible display of shooting. Yeah, and a lot of that, uh, the vast majority of that for Ohio State was Roddy Gale. Yes. Roddy Gale came in and in the first half went five of six from deep, and it was just an issue of Purdue was having such a difficult time with their rotations. There was the same yeah. spot in the corner that Roddy Gale hit four of those. Yeah, just, just in front of the Purdue bench. Mm-hmm. So he was absolutely like on fire in the first half from deep, um, but he didn't make a single, or he didn't attempt a single three-pointer in the second half. So Purdue really adjusted to Roddy Gale to make sure that he wouldn't beat them from deep as he did in the first half. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, even if you compare it to just the game against Rutgers, Purdue in that game from three-point lane in the first half, two for ten, um in the first half of that one. In the first half of this game against Ohio State, Purdue was 5 of 6. So, I mean, just just what a turnaround. And that really shows you what this team can be when they're actually hitting shots. Um, it was a it, There was a little bit of a rough stretch there where Ohio State, as you said, uh, with Roddy Gale, was just hitting everything. And you kind of wondered if Ohio State was going to just keep this up for the entirety of the game, even without Sensabaugh in the lineup, um, as it was announced mm-hmm. he was out um, you know, before the game began. But they had just looked like the team of the tournament um, throughout their first three games, and you wondered if maybe they could, they could keep it up uh, for two more mm-hmm. games and find themselves a surprise NCAA tournament entrant. Mm-hmm. But um, I do think the four games in four days really started to wear on them um, as mm-hmm. the second half uh began so um yes I, before we go to the second half though i mean what about that david jenkins three to end the half i mean that was just a pretty ballsy shot on his <laughs> yeah. end um uh, i think you tweeted that right i did i did yeah mm-hmm. i mean so just the the, uh, the balls to just be like two feet three feet behind the line and just go, yeah, this is for me. There's six seconds left. Doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I'm just going to pull up. I'm feeling it. And just drains it. And you could just see on the Ohio State players the frustration. I mean, the ball yeah. went in with about six seconds left. And they just hung their heads for about two seconds um, mm-hmm. waiting to get the ball in. And all that while, you know, the clock is going, clock is going. Um, and they tried to get a shot off at the end on, on the other half of the court. But... Uh, man, it just what yeah, a what an adrenaline rush for the Purdue squad to have that three um, head into halftime with a forty-two to thirty-four lead up by eight, and it just mm-hmm. everything was clicking at that point. Yeah, and at that point, Jenkins had not missed a three-pointer in the tournament. He was three for three on Wednesday and two for two at that point. Just wild. Just uh, there was a, someone tweeted about it. They put a chart out there. Um, his three-point percentage when uh, at different points in time on the shot clock. And the 
the right-hand side was when it went dwindled down, and it was like an exponential curve. It was absolutely bonkers to see. Um, and, you know, he's been that way all season for Purdue. If the shot clock's going down, he's going to shoot, and more times than not, he's going to make it. Yeah. You know, someone that has that sort of, like, cold-blooded touch is something you need in March. You know, Kemba Walker won a yes. tournament. Oh, my God. Heart attack Kimba. I mean, mm-hmm. just I don't even remember the number of times, if you include the Big East tournament that year, the number of times he just oh. hit a crazy step back or a crazy three to send a game to overtime, to win a game, to end a half, end a shot clock. I mean, he was just absolutely incredible. One of the best tournament runs I've ever seen in my entire life. Yes, and that's something that uh, obviously we're not comparing David Jenkins Jr. to uh, Kemba Walker in – you know, 90% of the game, but David Jenkins Jr. can be a prolific scorer like that and hit these jump shots. So he's actually, um, I believe, 22 points away from having 2,000 in his career. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, he's at least got two games left, at the very least, two games left, Um, and I really, really hope he finds a way to get there because what an accomplishment. (laughs) Yes, so... Fantastic, and what a way to end the half for yeah. Purdue. Yeah, I mean, so Purdue takes takes uh, an eight-point lead into halftime. They come out, and what what happened uh, to start the second half? Where Did we have any troubles? Did we worry? Were we excited? Were we ready to go? What was going on in the second half for Purdue? Uh, you definitely felt ready to go. Um, I believe they're the first possession – or one of the first possessions for Ohio State was either a turnover or a charge. Yeah, it was so a turnover, I was, believe. Yeah, so Purdue looked pretty locked in, and then that's when it just looked like the fatigue was hitting Ohio State. Their shots kept falling short, and that's you know a key thing, that you're not getting that sort of lift yeah. on your jumpers, and you're not shooting as long. Um, so that's what it looked like. And, you know, I mentioned this before, Roddy Gale didn't have a single three-point attempt in the second half, and Ohio State ended up going 10 of 24 for the game after going 5 of 6. Or no, they were, what were they in the first half? I want to say 7 of 11 in the first half. Uh, that is, cl- I, that's if that's not exactly right, that's close. Um, okay. so, so, yeah, yeah I mean. Going 3 of 13 in the second half from deep. Um, and, and to your point. Great. You know, the a lot of people who are, are dumping on Painter this year have said, you know, he doesn't adjust, he can't do anything after halftime, but, you know, you just said it about Roddy Gale, absolutely on fire in the first half, didn't make a three in the second half. So Purdue did something differently, you know, realized that he was the one who was who had been beating them in that first half and really focused on him and shut him down in the second half. And that's what good teams have to do um, because even when a guy like Sensabaugh is out, somebody has to carry the load. You know the other team is going to score points. It's just a matter of who picks up the slack. And when you figure that out, you've got to find a way to shut them down, and Purdue did that today in the second half. Yeah, and I think a good amount of that also was, you know, Purdue rotated much better in the second half, and you don't know if it's because Ohio State was a little bit slower because, like I said, that fatigue looked like it was setting in. But Brandon Newman and Ethan Morton had a fantastic second half yeah. defending the ball. And 
it looked as if they could just keep everything in front of them. And then if that's happening, you either have to dump it back outside, which Ohio State would do, but then the rotation would catch up and you don't have a good shot to take. Or you have to attack Zach Eady, who was only out for five minutes. He played 35 minutes yeah. in this game just because there was such an advantage on the inside. You know, the Ohio State players ended up just started draping on Zach Eady and the offense proved it, but the defense really picked up and amplified. There was a point where Ohio State, eight minutes into the second half, only had eight points. Mm -hmm. So the intensity picked up, Purdue was rotating really well, and Ohio State was just just falling short on their shots. Yeah, yeah, and we we haven't even really mentioned the play of Zach Eady or Braden Smith yet, which I think is a disservice right. to them. But there was just seems like there was just so much going on in this game. Um, you know, Edie struggled a little bit with with some bunnies. I mean, missed a lot of shots that I think he normally makes. But it's a testament yes. to his talent and his ability that he still wound up. You know, twelve of twenty five. He took twenty five shots, which is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, 8 of 11 at the free throw line, wound up with 32 points and 14 rebounds to go along with three assists and a steal. Um, just a, a masterful game, a masterful game. And again, shows right. you how incredible he is, that he's not the first thing that stands out about this game because we expect so much from him. And he delivers <laughs> yeah. every time. He does. Yeah, and so I actually asked him in the presser about this. He oh, only I had love it. Inside info. Let's time. do it. Yes. He only had one rebound at halftime. Is that right? he finished with 14. Yeah, he had 13 in the second half. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I asked him about it, and, you know, he provided the basketball answer, like, you know, I want to put myself in position to get every rebound, and sometimes the ball doesn't bounce that way. But, again, it's just like in the second half, he was taller than everyone, and he had the physical advantage of rest against everyone. Yeah. It was, you know, it's like you square it, and that's not good news for Ohio State. But like you said, he had a bad shooting night. He That right hook was not falling for him at all times, and it was really the second half rebounding. Um, he finished with six offensive rebounds that he was able to put up, you know, put up a rebound, and then put up a easy layup, sometimes for an and one. Yeah. But, yeah, he struggled. And despite the struggles, he still finished with 32 and 14. It's, yeah. it's laughable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and it was another game. Um, I didn't have a huge problem with the officials. I thought, you know, just like every game, they make a few mistakes here or there. Um, but there was, of course, the, the hook and hold or I guess they didn't really call it technically a hook and hold, but I mean where yeah. Edie just gets dragged to the ground by Ohio State, um, mm-hmm. and they called that correctly, and it ultimately resulted in a six-point possession for Purdue uh, because I believe it was Braden Smith had just made a pull-up jumper, and after the shot is when Edie gets dragged to the ground. So he gets two free throws, and then Purdue gets possession. He makes both free throws, and then Purdue scores on the ensuing possession. So again, it mm-hmm. it, it turns into a six point possession for Purdue, um, and I mean yeah, that, and, it was just incredible. Yeah, and plus that possession, they started that possession down by four. Oh, is and that they took I, the yeah. lead on that okay. possession? So yeah, Smith got it within two. Edie tied it at the line, and then Edie had a dunk. Um, 
to finish the possession and go up by two. So, like, that's a big play, and for obvious reasons, I mean, the final score didn't really reflect it, but that point almost got Purdue going. Yeah. So they started to take off after that. That's when Jenkins came in, he made two big threes, and Purdue was off to the races. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, two other guys that I think we have to mention. I said Braden Smith earlier, but didn't really touch on it too much. I mean, he played 30 minutes, did Mm -hmm. not miss a shot in this game. Five of five, Mm -hmm. including two for two from deep. He was two for two at the free throw line. Five rebounds, five assists, one steal, just one turnover. Total of 14 points and just a master class in what we need from a point guard in uh, in this system. Took the yes. open shots, got to the rim when he needed to, and I still maintain that the turnover on the 10-second call was wrong because they called it with less than 10 seconds. I know Gillis didn't yet have possession, and you have to have it over the line with 10 seconds, and you have to have possession, blah, blah, blah. Trust me, I got told that 100 times on Twitter when I said the call was wrong. But if you go back and look, they called it with like 9.2 seconds gone, or 9.4, and the ball was right outside of Gillis's hands, and he would have had it before 10. So I maintain that Braden Smith shouldn't even have a turnover, but, you know, whatever. But what did what did you see from Braden Smith today that really uh, showed you that this is what he's capable of? I mean, Braden Smith didn't take a lot of shots. I mean, obviously, 5 for 5 is fantastic. But when you – usually when a player is 5 for 5 – they take more than five shots. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. Two for two from three-point line is huge. He had two open threes. He made them both. And I like from from that point when he took his floaters, which he took only one really, um, he had a floater, a jumper, and a layup were his three non-three-point shots. When you have the floater and you have Zach Eady, like, the floater makes perfect sense because Edie's going to go up and get an offensive rebound right. more than more than half the time. So, Brayden Smith has incredible ability to shoot the ball. We know this. And if you make it, great. If not, Edie's got a shot. So, it's a very high percentage shot, even if you miss. Same thing with if you see Zach Edie is drawing your defender, go for a layup you're most likely going to get a foul drawn or you're going to get a layup. So whenever Braden Smith drives the ball, good things happen, and you almost wish you saw it more. But in a game like this, again, Edie's going to get his shots, and they were all still good percentage shots for Edie. So I'm not going to complain about that. Right. But moving forward, if he keeps doing what he's doing, good things will happen. Yeah, yeah. An aggressive Braden Smith is a good Braden Smith, um, and he showed that today. So uh, one last player I want to mention, Brandon Newman, mm-hmm. continues yes. to just reemerge um, into his freshman year form that really uh, had everyone thinking he was going to be uh, you know, the next great shooter and the next star on Purdue basketball. Um, went out there today, played 33 minutes. Started again, of course, 5 for 7 from the floor, 2 for 4 from 3, 3 assists, 3 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 block, no turnovers. um, 1 Matt Painter high 5. 1 Matt Painter high 5 after a 5 second call, which I, honest to God, cannot remember another 5 second call this year. No, 
Nope, I cannot either. And, and it's one of those... Man, I, was Matt Painter happy. It's one of those, I don't know if I was just, like, blanking in that moment, or if I just cannot remember a single five-second call anymore. Um, but no, yeah, I don't remember any. Matt, Matt Painter certainly enjoyed it. I mean, whenever you get a Matt Painter fist pump, you know there's good things happening. Yeah. I think, didn't he say in the press conference that he actually high-fived Brandon after that? Yes, Brandon came over and high-fived him. That's so, great. That's great. You know, I mean, so deserved. Yeah. Um, what is up with Brandon Newman in tournaments? I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, it unlocks him, and I love that. I yeah. mean, good for him. He puts in all the work. You know, it hasn't really amounted to what anyone would like for him in the regular season, but he's definitely come alive in the past two years during the postseason, and it's helping his team win. He is getting it done. His defense, he was most likely the best defender in the game today. I mean, his on-ball defense uh, covering Ohio State guards was incredible. Yeah. He kept everything in front of him, and him and Morton were the two that did it. And just Newman played more, so I think his offense gives him... It's indescribable how effective that is, especially for his confidence. Like, yeah. when you see this stuff happening, good things continue to happen. The process is working, as Matt Painter says, you know, be process-based, and it's paying off, and you love to see that for this young young man. Yeah, and you can just see, talking about his defense and his on-the-ball defense, you can see the improvement from last year uh, to this year, um, and you, you just love to see a guy who continues to grow into a role and continues to grow, go and get better at the things a team needs him to get better at, um, so... Mm-hmm. Kudos to Brandon Newman on that. So anything else on this Ohio State game before we talk about what comes next? Um, Not too, too much else. No. Um, yeah, Gillis and Morton obviously didn't score too much, um, but everyone else sort of did. So that's not really something I'm worried about. Yeah, not at like all. Like I said earlier, it's nice to see Lawyer get a three go in just to see something go into the basket. Mm-hmm. And... Um, there was a shot that Lawyer took that, just like Braden Smith, it was a floater that ended up being an offensive rebound. Even though he missed the shot, I really enjoy when he does that as well. When he's aggressive with the ball as well, it helps. So if he's more aggressive with the ball you know, and driving the lane, he will hopefully pick up more fouls just because, for whatever reason, he doesn't pick up those calls. Um but even if he gets to the line to jumpstart him, it will help his confidence and I think help his shot. So Matt Painter, I think, knows what he's doing. He didn't bench Lawyer today. I don't think he, this means he's probably not going to be benched the rest of the year. But if you're winning, you don't change the formula, I think. so. Yeah, I, I mean, I respect it in that sense. So uh, I just, mm-hmm. we got to keep getting more out of him. Um, I would love to have him out there playing like he did in Portland or like he did in the second half in Philadelphia against Penn State. So that's the lawyer I want to see, and I hope we can get back to it. So um, second game of the day was IU-Penn State, and as much as Penn State tried to give that game away at the very end um, yes. with some of the worst turnovers uh, against the press I've seen since the last time I watched Purdue against the press, um, they still... <laughs> 
walk out of the United Center with a victory over IU. IU goes home, so it's Purdue-Penn State, another team uh, that Purdue will face for the third time. This is going to be a 3.30 tip on CBS on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. Ryan, I know we had a we had a bracket challenge people could enter uh, with one game left. Mm-hmm. Where do we stand? We actually have a winner because everybody but two people picked Purdue to win. Of course, this. of course. We have someone who's far enough in front to where it won't matter. Not a single person took Penn State, by the way. So oh, so no one even has Purdue no one even has Penn State in this game. People have Penn State in the championship. Oh, game, but, but no, no one, one winning took it. Penn State no to win it. at all. Got it. Got it. Right. Okay. Because who would pick a 10 seed to win it all? I mean. Yeah, well, in 10 out of 14. Right. Exactly. So, yep, big congratulations to Boilers3212. His handle says RJ in his Twitter. So he uh, took the crown. He almost didn't get it because he didn't have Purdue winning in his original submission. But who did he he have winning? Sweet in time. Well, he no, no, he didn't have anybody winning. He didn't oh, he just left it blank. Correct. So he he replied to my you know request for a winner, and his bracket took it all. So okay. right now he's sitting at twenty two points. Um, next closest has twenty, and like I said, everyone except two took Purdue to win it all. Okay. So, so of the of the hammer and rail staff, what, what is our ranking there? What go go from top to bottom or bottom to top, whichever you want to do it, of the Hammer and Rail staff? All right. Um, I will do top to bottom. Okay. So coming in first is our newest member, Chase. We barely so, count him. We barely count okay. him. He's been here He's been here less than a week. All right. So we barely count him, so I think I know why we barely <laughs> count him. It's because coming in second or first in some people's minds is yours truly, Mr. Andrew Ledman. There we go. Um, so, shall I go on, or would oh. you like to bask in that glory? No, no, no. I It's fine. <laughs> Just let's keep going. Yeah, okay. Uh, next after that is Drew and myself. Drew and myself are tied. Okay. So, well, we'll see about that one. May have to actually break out the tiebreakers. Okay. Just to yeah, see dude, who I mean, gets the leg up. Points in the final game, right? Yeah, you know, winner gets media credentials for a game that we both want. There you go. (laughs) So after that, we have Jed, and Jed was really pulling for Maryland to get into the championship Uh, game. All right, okay. But because that didn't happen, you know, it happens. And lastly, we have Gabby, who has really struggled in this one. She chose <laughs> chaos and wanted Nebraska in the championship. Okay. Game. Oh wow. All right. So, yeah. Sometimes you just uh, you make a bracket just to be to have a funny result, and who wouldn't want to see Tominaga in the championship true, game at true. the United Center? Yeah, so, and and sometimes you know you take a big swing, but when you take a big right. swing, you can miss, and uh, it sounds like Gabby missed. Uh, we we won't punish anyone. No, I don't no. Think for, <laughs> no, there's no for this. No beatings, no firings, no nothing. But uh, just wanted to let you all know where everybody stood. Uh, speaking of bracket challenges, have you seen what Pepsi Zero Sugar is doing? I have not. So I saw this today. Uh, Pepsi Zero Sugar, which in my opinion is far inferior to uh, Coke Zero, unless they want to okay. pay me to say otherwise. 
uh, is doing a bracket challenge. Uh, it may only be on um, DraftKings, because that's where I saw it. But they're doing a zero sugar bracket challenge where the fewer points you get, the better. Oh. So okay. it basically, it's whoever submits the worst bracket is going to win their challenge. I think it's like $10,000. Okay. So you got to go in there and pick all 16 seeds um, and pick as many games wrong as you can. So I think I'm going to try to enter just for fun. Um, but it sounds like it could be it could be a pretty fun little um, March Madness idea. Okay, so Cinderella could really, again, could really mess yeah, you up. Yeah, could really mess you up, but in the opposite way. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I thought it was. I, mean, I thought it was really a fun idea. Yeah. In theory, if you choose every game correctly in the first round, it's just as impressive if you choose every game incorrectly. Right. Right, the the eight nine so, the eight nine is just going to be chaos. You know, the fifteen and two. <laughs> do you pick all mm-hmm. twos because the fifteens? Or I'm sorry, twelve five. The twelve five right. is going to be chaos because every year there's a twelve that wins. So do you pick a five as an upset in your Pepsi mm-hmm. Zero Sugar bracket? It's going to be chaos. <laughs> it's it yeah. Could and at be, the same time, you almost always have an eight or a nine upset of one seed. Yeah. So. Mm. Who Might knows? Might have to figure out how to do that. Yeah, Might could have be an... to drive on over to Indiana just so I can get sports betting. <laughs> right. Yeah, could be an interesting one. So, um, all right. Penn State, we've played them twice. We've beat them twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, beat them, I believe, by 20 the second time and I think 17 the first time. Something to that effect. Sounds correct. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's Coach Shrewsbury. We love that he made it. Um, but he's dead to us for the next 24 hours. <laughs> what do we think about this game tomorrow? Is it going to be similar to this one against Ohio State, a team we beat twice and, and we can handle them a third time? Or is is or is or Penn State more dangerous? Well, technically speaking, Purdue has already beaten uh, Penn State in a neutral side yeah. game. Well, although technically the, the NCAA changed it to an away game. Right. Even though this, I think there's going to be many more Purdue fans at this game tomorrow than Penn State fans. My goodness, but, I hope so. Yeah, I, I would assume so. I would imagine um, there's going to be a lot of uh, IU fans who are selling their tickets. <laughs> yeah, that could be too. Um, so Penn State really has the same problem that Ohio State has. They don't have that deep of bigs. You know, anytime you don't have that deep of bigs, you run into the problem of what do you do with Zach Eady? Right. Now, on defense, however, you have four shooters on the floor who can all make shots for Penn State. Yeah. And yeah. as soon as you start bringing Zach Eady up into the screen and roll, that's when you start having issues. So it's going to be a nice balance where, excuse me, if Penn State is making their shots, that's when they start to uh, give Purdue issues. But if they're not making their shots, this is going to be like another steam or not steamroll, but almost a cakewalk for Purdue. Gosh, I hope so. How much fun would it be to have a game that was completely enjoyable, no stress, uh, walk your way into a championship? I'm not so confident that that's going to happen. Um, I think no. we're going to see a Penn State team that plays like they did the first half in Philly where Purdue was in a little bit of trouble. 
And I, I think that's what we're going to see. But I do, just like we saw Ohio State today. I mean, this will be Penn State's fourth game in wow. in as many days. Granted, it'll be Purdue's third, but you know, four games is is quite a bit on the legs in that amount of time. So I hope Purdue can stick with it in the first half and have a good second half like they did today. Um, I I you know we both picked Purdue to win this thing, and that was if we were going to have them playing IU, but we we've both got them playing Penn. Well, we have them playing Penn State now. So um, are you still sticking with your prediction of Purdue winning it all? I am, and to your point about you know Penn State struggling with four games in four days, this game today was wire to wire. They yeah, had to play incredibly hard the whole time. Purdue, while still playing hard the whole time, you know you you ease off the gas a little bit when you're up by 14 at the end of the game, and it's not as intensive on your body. So I think that is just another factor. So maybe it's actually like 2.9 days of rest compared <laughs> or days of playing versus a full three or four for, um, for Penn state. So I think that's just a, a little bit added advantage and Shrews has yet to beat painter. Correct. I believe that is correct. Yes. So I, I think the trend continues. Um, and, I think Purdue gets another trophy for its case. Excellent. I mean, I hope you're right. Um, so when you were watching this Purdue, or I'm sorry, the Penn State IU game, who are you rooting for? I mean, I know we, we hate to root for IU. We hate IU on this podcast. Uh, we've always hated IU on this podcast. But did part of you want to see them a third time, or were you like, yeah, I'm I'm fine with them staying away? Part of me wanted to see uh, Indiana for a third time for yeah. two reasons. One, obviously getting that revenge game and potentially um, just shutting up every Indiana fan because this is a game that matters. Exactly, and yeah. Indiana matters. still has yet to win the Big Ten championship or the Big Ten tournament, I should say. Yeah. So getting to shut them up in that game would have been so nice. Oh my goodness, it would have been euphoric. <laughs> but um, the other part of me wanted a bigger opponent for Purdue because Purdue's still really fighting to get on the one seed. Yeah. Um, right now it's between UCLA and Purdue, and, you know, every little bit counts. I still think Purdue, if they win tomorrow, or, heck, if UCLA loses tonight, Purdue gets on the one seed still. Yeah. Yeah, I think they always say on Selection Sunday, you know, they don't really pay attention to the games that finish late on Sunday, and the Big Ten Championship is always the last game to finish. So you don't know how much it really plays into their decision-making. And depending on where you look right now, Purdue is either a one, the last one seed or the first two seed. Um, and it's just, it's I think it's just neck and neck. We'll see what UCLA does today. I haven't paid attention um, to what's going on in their game. Um, I don't even know what time they play. But... Uh, it's West Coast. They yeah. play late. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so this is this has been a great tournament for Purdue um, to show that they can they can still shoot the ball. They've won those two games um, against a an Ohio State team who has been playing very well and a Rutgers team who beat them earlier in the year. So I think that vengeance, whether you know it, it doesn't mean much, I think to the committee, but they can at least see that they've beat them um, again. After after losing to them earlier in the year, so 
it's important mm-hmm. to me. I'm not sure how much in, importance the uh, committee gives to it, but that was great. So, um, right. I, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm with you. Uh, I did want to see IU again just because it would have been great to beat them for a Big Ten tournament title. Um, but I'm not mad they lost because I didn't want them to have any chance to win this thing. And anytime right. IU loses, I'm a happy guy. So mm-hmm. um, I think yep. that's going to do it for us uh, unless you've got something else. I've got ice cream to eat since I had eight pints and we had eight games. Good. And now there's only seven games left, but I got eight pints up there. So I got to eat something uh, to keep the numbers right. even. Yep. Got to get one down before tomorrow at 2.30 yeah, Central. Yeah, which, which is not a problem for me. So uh, <laughs> it will be gone. So, uh, Ryan, you you're wearing the shirt tomorrow, right? Yep. Shirts, the undefeated shirt will be worn again. Which I we should point out, your shirt, more power than the Chris Holtman suit. Yes. I Maybe he sent it to the wrong cleaners, but... Maybe the cleaner was a Purdue fan and, and you know... Took care of it. Switched Maybe. it out with a different suit. But uh, there you go. Uh, Ryan's shirt continues to hold all the power, so he will be in that tomorrow. Um, make sure to follow him on Twitter to get those uh, behind-the-scenes facts. Uh, I'm ready, folks. Let's get another kit. Let's get another uh, championship for this for this uh, season. So uh, for Ryan yep. and myself, boiler up, hammer down. <laughs> <laughs>